Welcome to the Perlow Podcast, top 10 lists from the South Carolina Low Country. It is season two, episode nine. We are joined tonight, as always, by Mathis. I'm going to have a Coke and a smile. <laughs> Adam. Apostrophe, Sean. Good to be back. <laughs> and I am your host, Shane. <laughs> If you've never listened to us before, I give these gentlemen a topic. They take that topic, make a top 10 list, deliver that top 10 list to me, and we reveal them while recording for your listening pleasure. Tonight's topic is top 10 Super Bowl commercials of all time. We told you we were going to do something Super Bowl as Sunday night. We will watch the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, face off against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady and York PA legend Bruce Arians. City shout-outs before we get into it. Charleston, South Carolina, thank you for listening. Atlanta, Georgia, thank you for turn, tuning in. Stacey Abrams. Grand Rapids, Michigan, we appreciate you up there. And Bavaria, Germany, thank you for tuning into the Perlo podcast. Please email us. No, no one from out of the country ever emails or contacts us on Twitter. Contact Bavaria, us. Bavaria, I love Bavaria, I love your cream in the donut. It's amazing. It's it's you sh- you should win a Nobel Prize just for that. Like God, Bavarian I cream fat through the thing. Bavarian <laughs> cream, like you haven't enjoyed a Bavarian cream filled donuts, you loon. No, I don't eat that. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I forgot. You're on New Year's. Don't worry. Give it a month, and the kernel. No, will you get, up get back. glazed, and you stack them on top of each other, and try to jam all of them in your mouth at once. What's wrong with you, dude? Have yeah. some variety, man. Like learn to live a little. Like don't don't be stuck in missionary your whole life. No, no, no. Make Whoa. eye contact and shake hands afterwards. Like, have you ever <laughs> had the Krispy Kreme burger at the fair? No, I'm too I, fat to eat that in public. Are you insane? Oh my gosh, people would judge me. Like, they're already that's judging insane. me. That, that's way too much judgment. Like, like B and I can't go up there, order the donut burger, and then eat it in public without people like, ah, fat guy eating the donut burger, huh? Like, we'd be so shamed. See, you don't know the pain because you're like literally one red tie away from being Slender Man. But like, understand, like, you can't when you when you look a certain type of way when they see you eating that food, they're already like calculating up how much money they're not well, going to ever give you if they hire you. It's terrible. Well, here's the deal: if you walk around in a t-shirt that looks like a tarp all the time, people are going to judge you when you eat the big burger. <laughs> which is why you got to put on the preppy shirts so that people don't judge you as much. Yeah, a little tight. So you look, you might have played football at some point in your life. Like every and the thing is, every fat guy wants to look. He might have played football at some point, even if they never really played. But that's the goal. Like, hey, I used to be an athlete. I got described as fat, strong one time, and it was like the best compliment I ever got in my life. That is a First good of all, compliment. That, that that is awesome. Like that's again, dad bod really describes exactly what it is. Like it's a hunt. Like at one point, this person may have been athletic, but no longer. I have the body of someone who's in the Sopranos. It's not Tony Soprano's body, but it's like <laughs> one of his affiliates where I Polly look Walnuts. like. No, not I'm too heavy for Polly Walnuts, but maybe like uh, Silvio Dante or something like there that. There you go. Let's, hey, I'm let's, definitely let's, overweight, but I also look like if I had to headbutt you, I could. You're out of shape, tough guy in a movie. That's what hey, you are. Like you're like, exactly like, like high waisted, like uh, Robert Mitchum and Kate Fear in the original. Like it's that's perfect kind of, like, example. Yeah. You're one of the guys that sits in the bar and the departed. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. there's no, yeah, you, there's no doubt. You'd be wearing that necklace and the wife beater and like the high waisted pants. That could 100% be you. That's what I wear around the house. So, easy transition. Speaking of people that sit in the house and wear wife beaters, Reddit took down Wall Street this week. What do y'all think? Go for it. 
my thing is like they they keep acting like somebody did like realistically they did the way that stock stock market supposed to be they had a product they decided they liked they bought stock in said company and short sellers made a bet and they lost the bet like you don't as i told y'all earlier when i go to vegas and i make a bet and i lose nobody tells me oh well other people can't take your money because you lost your bet it doesn't work that way yep i, I don't know yep. how i should feel bad for people who are in hedge funds i just don't i'm not informed long term enough to have one strong feeling one way or another knee-jerk reaction is i'm loving every minute of it but uh long-term reaction is like Boy, if any of these hedge funds are tied to my retirement in any way, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, and, and somebody said that is like, hey, what about people whose you know the hedge funds are tied to? But I don't think there's a lot of short seller hedge funds that are attached like IRA for. I don't think so, and I would hope not. Yeah, I mean, I hope my I hope my people are better stewards of my retirement than that. Look, but, don't get me wrong, I'm not shilling for freaking big hedge funds. What's happening to them? I I feel no pain for them. Well, again, it, listen, and they're not hurt that badly. They really aren't. Like they'll get, they'll make millions tomorrow. Like it's they, they got, they got hit by it's a by a populist group that made a decision. But things if they and I am against pump and dump. Like if they had decided, hey, we're gonna raise this up, and then we'll, and then the five people who organized it all bail. Like yeah, that's not right. Like that's that's attempting to manipulate the market. But like they have, from what I've seen. People aren't like bailing out large groups. They're no, not they're holding the line. Them. Yeah, like that's their whole thing is hold the line, hold the line, because they want GameStop and all these things to survive, all these things they enjoy to survive. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and again, I, I don't know why games GameStop. I don't know why their business model doesn't work because I think they actually have a pretty cool idea. Well, it just doesn't work anymore because now all games are downloaded. They need to make a like a Netflix for games, like a streaming though, not like a you send the game in and they send you one back. They need to. They, need to they make have it. that. It's called Steam. Oh well, I learned something today. That shows you yeah, how much hard, I, I game. But the hard part is, is like with that is one is that like I get, and of course, there's always a way to make something happen. But the problem becomes, I don't think the game manufacturers want that to happen. Like that's the whole thing is that people go into GameStop and then they buy the pre-owned version instead of buying the you know when it first comes out and so that's kind of what i, th I think that i think they aren't getting that game manufacturers i think are okay with gamestop going out of business because well, they'd rather sell it online the game manufacturer it's exactly right game manufacturers realize oh we could just sell this online from our streaming platform and we cut out the middleman and so that's what everybody does now you can't yeah. when we were growing up you could own a video game system and you didn't have to have the internet or anything like that you can't even play a video game system now without the internet well, they better they better have an offline version of the new college football game that got announced today because I oh, am fired bro, I, up. I haven't bought a gaming system since like the Xbox 360, and I'm going to go out and buy one if yep. that bad boy is for real. I told my wife tonight, I said, this game got approved. It's like two or three years away or something they said from it actually being made. But when that comes out, that I will. That's that's a game I will play. You know, it's funny. I, kids at school today were like, oh, man, what does it matter, man? It's like, y'all don't understand. This is like a major part of growing up in the, yep. you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Like, that was the game. It, in every, I remember back when you could buy PS2 memory cards that had the names of the people on the game. Yep. So you could actually play with Reggie Bush. And it was a Bush on the bottom of it. Like, you, that you, was a thing. you PayPal them like 15 bucks yeah. and they send you a memory card <laughs> in, a, in, a, in like a postage. They yep. never had the experience of because the game used to come out right before the season in the summer. Yep, yep. Like you're August. winding down, like you're winding down summer workouts or starting summer football camp, so you're with all your buddies in football and everything. 
you get done and you guys go over to someone's house and you play all day long. Yep. My buddy, they'll my, never, my buddy they'll never know Dishon the and I, who yeah. Adam knows, uh, my buddy Dishon and I, who Adam knows from our wedding, I we used to get, we used to go buy a, a, a tray of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A and play it all day when it came out after everything was done. It was awesome. Oh, my, they will, my they will also never know the joy of starting out at North Carolina A and T and yes. working your way up through the coaching ranks yes. to being the head coach of the mighty Texas A and M Aggies. Yes, and getting paid, you know, and recruiting your butt off and working your way up and eight years into a dynasty, and then you get the wheel of death on the Xbox, and suddenly everything goes away. Listen, yes, because you played I'm, for two straight days. <laughs> I'm calling my shot. I'm playing with Coastal when that comes out. Done. One of my favorite memories of playing NCAA is um, there were two other kids my age in our cul-de-sac, and we were playing, and one was a Florida fan and one was a Tennessee fan, and they were playing against each other. And the Tennessee kid threw a touchdown the last second and got so excited. He was like, yeah, and he jumped up and he punched his hand into the fan. It just <laughs> the fan. Hey, two, two words, triple option. Oh, dude. The option um, game mechanics got really good there towards the uh, 2010s. Dude, I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing better than coming down that line and pitching that thing off the screen and that guy catches it and, like, nobody knows where the ball went. It's great. The amount of times I have mercilessly beaten my brother with Georgia Tech, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time, I'd be living in a real colonel's mansion. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> My favorite NCAA moment, though, was when we lived at Copper Beach, for those that know the USC uh, geography in Columbia. Uh, there was these group of four guys that lived a couple houses down, and they had an Xbox, and they played NCAA like 06 or something, whatever it was then. And they're like, we're going to start a dynasty. I said, let me in on that. So we all picked the Pac-10 team, and you had everyone would they, – they would just leave their door open. I'd come over, play my game, and leave. And if everyone else's game was done, you had 24 hours. If you didn't, your game got simmed. It was awesome. Man, y'all took it. talk about this for an hour. Yeah, yeah. we could. Yeah. We need to get into the list, Super Bowl commercials. So let's do it. Notable omissions. Top 10 Super Bowl commercials of all time. Notable omissions. Dilly Dilly. But like, I was going to pick Dilly Dilly, but that didn't originate in the Super Bowl. And I tried to limit myself to what originated the Super Bowl. Because I looked I looked up Dilly Dilly, and it started before that, although it's a great commercial. I am going to be honest with you boys, and I have a story to go with that if the moderator will allow me to tell it. Proceed. All right. I hate Dilly Dilly, and here's why. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of those 400 times the Gamecocks have been down to Tampa for the Outback Bowl, the second Michigan one. We were sitting there in the stands and we were sitting behind a group of ladies that all of them looked like female PE teachers from the late 1990s. All right. Uh And we dubbed them Barb and the Dilly Dilly gals. They were all what my Michigan friend calls Walmart Wolverines. Where (laughs) basically they just like come out of the woodwork and they put on sweatpants and a big Wolverine poncho and they just, you know, proceed to act a fool. And they proceeded to, for the entire game, hammer Bud Light into them. And then every five minutes, one of them would yell, Dilly Dilly! And the other ones would yell, Dilly Dilly! For about three hours. So that got real old about 20 minutes into it. So that's why I hate 
dilly dilly. Because a barb and the dilly dilly gals. Well, the hand has a dilly dilly t shirt that says dilly dilly on it. He's very proud of it. It's very orange. If the hand was with me watching these Indigo Girls fans in front of me sing this uh, yell dilly dilly, he would not be a fan anymore. (laughs) All right. Next notable omission. I remember this very vividly. Steelers were playing the Cowboys in the Super Bowl and Independence Day dropped their first trailer. God, can you, was that the one where like you see the White House blow up? Yes. I'm going to tell you, you forget how good that movie was, man. Like, that was the, that is the first real CGI movie I remember. Like, because I can't remember, either, it's either that or Jurassic Park, but they're right there together. And yeah. like, dude, that, when they blow up the White House, like, that is a huge moment. That's the commercial where like, they, it's real quiet. It's just like, you just see the White House and just, it just explodes. And then it comes up like, july 4th yes whatever yeah like that, 1996 yeah, that cool. yeah that's very cool yeah that was a that was a i, I was I don't know, nine years old then so that was a big time commercial um and then the last notable omission the ray charles pepsi commercial from the early 90s when they tried to trick him and he's like nah give me the real you stuff. you got the right one baby yeah uh-huh. yep. nothing yep. says a commercial like trying to fool a blind man <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had that one on my list, but like the other ones just jumped ahead of it. Like I had it on there and I just, I, again, and, and part of that is because it's a little ahead, like it's a little before my time, but yeah, again, and I love Ray Charles, but it's, it's not, it's not top 10 for me. All right, let's get into the top tens. Math is number 10. We'll see you later on Adam's list. Adam's number 10, the Bud Light Satin Sheets. Have y'all seen that one? I've not. I had to look it up, but I did remember it. <laughs> I had to rewatch this one when I was doing my research, and I was like, "Oh, this was a good one." Uh, wife's upstairs. She's like lighting candles, and she's like, "Honey, I've lit candles." And he's drinking a beer on the couch. He's like, "Oh, whatever." And then she's like, "I put the satin sheets on." He again doesn't care. And then she's like, "I've got ice cold Bud Light." And then he sprints off and he starts stripping his clothes off. And then he jumps across the. He's trying to jump onto the bed, and the satin sheets just take him out of the window. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> I remember it pretty vividly because it's like you know it's a little risque for a mainstream commercial but it was hilarious watching it again i laughed hysterically at it now that you mentioned i remember is that's very funny yes it's a solid one all right but it's not as good as your number nine was <laughs> dude the was up commercial i had the i had to really like research to make sure it was a super bowl era commercial it's such a random commercial, and then it led to everybody's uncles for about eight years going, what's up, yeah, when and, they walked into a room. Man, it was funny the first time. And one of the it best scenes a, in Scary Movie. It yes. became a cultural phenomenon, but, like, realistically, you talk about something that got old really quickly. Like, that, like, it, it, it's like, it, it was funny for, like, a month. And you're like, oh, no, this is not funny. Anymore. It was a meme before there were memes. It was the it, dilly yeah. dilly before dilly dilly. Yeah, children who are listening to this, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, just know <laughs> that before the we had Facebook memes, we would have commercials that would have fads. Where's the beef becomes to mind. But like there's yeah, that was one of them. And it was and it was just like so rare. And like then it started getting like started trying to play off of it, but there's only so many ways you can go with that. So like it was it, it got played, but it was when it first came out, it was actually quite original. Yeah, it was super original. It was great. Yeah, you're right. Everyone's uncle did that, and Bob Fiddler. Everybody's uncle. 
Number nine. For some reason, trying to be cool. Number nine on Mathis's list is Doritos Baby Ultrasound. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I don't love that one. I don't. I, don't I love thought. I'm tell you, at the end when they're doing it, for those who haven't seen it, the ba- the white the husband and wife are at the ultrasound, and every time he moves the Doritos bag, the baby moves inside, and you see it on the ultrasound, and then he throws like a Dorito out, and like it literally, the baby just like shoots. Like you hear it from you don't see it, but you hear it like like obviously gives birth there, but like it, I thought when it, it makes like the motor like the nascar sound i thought it was hilarious and when it happened i thought it was like because it was so unexpected like that just it caught you off guard and i will say this too i appreciate a super bowl commercial if you don't go funny in the super bowl commercial i don't really like it i'm a funny super bowl for the most part i totally agree yeah like i if you you, people some people go super serious man i think super bowl is the time to bring out your creative brush and go comedic that's just me you got it for the most part you got to be fun with it all right. Was it as fun? At, well, number eight for Mathis, we'll see later. How about number eight for Adam, the E-Trade Baby? The E-Trade Baby is not, for me, a super hilarious one. But in terms of, like, impactful, lasting ones, it is. Because for, like, three years after that, all they did was run E-Trade Baby commercials. That's the one where he's talking to the camera and, like, yes. going through, like, what? Yeah, and I'm like you. I don't know. It was it was impactful because that was a whole campaign. They built everything around that. But, like, I don't know that I thought it was one of the greatest ones ever because I don't think – as a standalone, I don't know that I loved it as much as some of the other ones. That I People's made. moms really love it. <laughs> There's a category I call, like, dad commercials and mom commercials. That's a big-time mom commercial. All right, let's see if we can hit this. Mathis is number 10. Is Adams number seven? Bud. Wise. Uh, yes, we did it. The Budweiser Frogs. I'll be real, though. The Frogs, the whole camp, all right, the, the original, when they're just doing that Budweiser thing, is it's okay. It's okay. When the ferret and the iguanas or the chameleons come, that's when it makes it. Like, that, to me... When like the is it? I guess it's a chameleon wants to be a part wants to be a part of it and they won't let him. Like you know, they suddenly like, he's like I got and he's like, I got pictures of the ferret in compromised positions. It's got to be my turn. Like I thought, like the way they played off of it, I thought it was hilarious. Like I to this day, I think it's funny. It's another one that built a campaign, and it's just a great one. Like it's a, just a classic, easy, funny commercial. They could run that one back now and still be good. Yeah, they like I said, I, like, they, and like I said, they built it all the way, and they built kind of a world around it, which is unusual in a commercial. But like, it was—I thought it was—I think it's and like I said, it still works today. And it's such a simple premise. Like, it's just frogs make sounds like that say "bud," and so they just kind of work with it. Yep. And then it eventually, kind of grew from there, and it, it was great. Mathis's number seven doesn't ring a bell for me. To Jay Leno and Letterman. Okay. I read a I, first of all, I think late night, like the entry behind late night is great. What and I can't remember what year it was, but they did a 15 second spot. It's Oprah and David Letterman sitting on a couch and they're eating Doritos, right? And Dave's looking all sad. It's like, Dave, what? And Oprah's like, Dave, why are you so sad? Like, what's going on? And it was like, and then they pan out and it's Jay Leno sitting beside him. He said, He's only mad because I'm here. Uh... And that. It only aired like one time. They snuck Jay Leno out to do it. 
it was I had read about it in like the uh, in the late shift. Um, but I thought like I just think the idea that everybody knew like that whole you know battle of late night thing popped off and it was so unexpected, but it's it's just a really cool idea and the fact that they did it because they genuinely don't really like each other. No, they, they hate like them. yeah, they're not friends. And so like, but the idea that you're gonna play that up and what essentially you're you're making a nod to what everybody knows is a tabloid story and kind of going with it. I thought it was it's it's a cool it's I thought it was a cool moment. I think it's it's a little earlier than probably we remember, but I, I remember I'd read about it and I looked at it, and I thought it was pretty good. I can't stand Jay Leno. Yeah, he his his car show when it pops up well, when Shark Tank's on. Over, oh. Uh he screwed over Conan O'Brien. Hey, there's a sec. Hey, what's funny? And by the way, this is like the way you read Bruce Feldman. I read entertainment books, but um, <laughs> like there's classic, a classic yeah. Perlow podcast reference. Yeah, <laughs> there's a uh, basically the guy who did the Late Shift did a second book that talks about Jay Leno taking over Conan O'Brien, and it goes to all the other late night hosts and kind of how it kind of shook out. It's basically a sequel to it, and the way that went down, like. First of all, NBC, how they pushed Jay Leno out when he was on top was amazing. And also, Jay Leno, turns out, has no life other than The Tonight Show. Like, no. he doesn't do anything else. Like, he does the car thing, but, like, he lives to tell jokes. That's all he does. And they didn't tell him. Like, he didn't choose to retire. They told him he was going to And retire. he's not great at it, for being honest. Yeah. You know what, though? The, the numbers say – the numbers say otherwise. Like, he, his – his he, audience is huge compared to other people. He hits with a different demographic than the people in this. Readers. Yes. Again, Johnny Carson said it best. You have to, and, and this is why Conan wasn't successful, was you have to play to Nebraska. And if you don't play there, because they, it comes on there at like 10. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it comes on at 11 in the East, but it comes on like or 11:30 on the East, but it comes on earlier there. You have to have something that plays there, and you know, you don't necessarily do that with edgy comedy. I think right, I don't Jimmy Fallon's that. really good. Just Jimmy gonna Fallon's say that. Awful. No, he's really good. No, Stephen Colbert is really good. Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I don't want to get no. too far down this wormhole, but. Conan O'Brien didn't have a shot to be successful because they put Jay Leno on 30 minutes to an hour before his show. Of course, you're not going to be successful when your lead in is just the show you're replacing. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they talk about that, but he wasn't, he was already starting to lose to Letterman before that. Like he was, before that ever happened, he was starting to lose to him. So it's, it's an interesting book. It's worth a read. Um, but Bill Carter, it's good things. Right, also, Kane Mutiny by Bruce Feldman. Also, <laughs> also right Meat here. Market by Bruce Feldman is worth your time. <laughs> I do like Meat Market, the Stephen Garcia chapter. All right, let's move along here. Number eight for Mathis is number six for Adam, the Old Spice Man on the Horse. Is there ever been a better statement than I'm on a horse? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, there has. Oh, I think we've lost the Colonel. I'm here. I got you. Go ahead, man. I didn't hear anything. You didn't hear anything? <laughs> no, I just have been in silence. <laughs> we're talking. I literally we're, came back to the you saying, "Oh, we lost the colonel." We're talking oh, about no. your, we're talking about your number six here. I, I said, "Has there ever been anything better than I'm on a horse?" <laughs> oh, the Old Spice commercial. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my dude, it was so weird and out of the blue, and it's such a different commercial compared to all the other commercials you 
you see now, but especially compared to all of them then, because he was directly addressing the audience, making eye contact, doing weird, uh, irrelevant stuff. It was funny. Breaking the third wall. Yeah. Fourth wall. It's the the fourth wall. wall. That's okay. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like the thing is, you don't know he's on a horse. He's just like, go, he's just talking. And then like, and it's, I'm on, and then it pans out and you see it. It turns out, I didn't realize this. Todd did a commercial that played off of that later on. Like that's how big that commercial was. Mm-hmm. Was that Todd kind of played? Like, uh, how meta is it for a commercial to then make fun of another commercial? Wow. Oh, where he, he, he goes, this is a Tide commercial. Yeah. Well, we're actually <laughs> going to see that a little later. With oh. yeah, well, yeah, we'll see that a little later when we talk about it. But before we get into a little later. We got to take a break and we got to get a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Welcome back to the Perlow Podcast Top 10 List from the South Carolina Low Country. We are talking best Super Bowl commercials of all time. Number six for Mathis, we'll see later on Adams. But his number five is Cedric the Entertainer, Bud Light commercial. First of all, the whole set of them, everything. Remember the original, though? He's on a date and he goes in the, she's like, so she's just sitting by a fire and he's like, he walks and she said, yeah, I'm getting hot, whatever. And she go, he goes and gets the butt. He starts dancing in the kitchen and he comes back. He's got a couple logs for that fire. And then he opens the Budweiser and it explodes on the girl. It was the funniest thing I've seen that entire year. Like it was hilarious. Like, and everything about like all the sudden entertainment and he's hilarious. And he is a hilarious comedian to begin with. But all those commercials are funny. Um, but that's the one that sticks out in my mind. It was really, and at that time, it was so, un- again, it was unexpected. Like you didn't know it was going to happen. And then it just like absolutely just shot out of nowhere. It was great. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's great. I'm telling you. I remember. Look up it's like, funny. Look up like Bud Light Love Logs and like check it out. It's amazing. Like, because he's dancing, he's doing like, he's doing all like a Harlem shake and stuff. It's crazy. And then he comes out like, He's trying to be all smooth, and as soon as he opens the bottle, like it's pointing towards her and completely douses her in Bud Light. It's hilarious. Oh, I gotta watch that one. <laughs> Adam's number five is the Volkswagen, the Force commercial, with the little kid in the Darth Vader outfit. Yep, it's a great. I saw one. it. I saw it on a list when I was looking this up. I've never seen the commercial. Have you ever? Did you watch it uh, when you looked it up? I did not. I just, I, I didn't remember it. It's a good one. He's doing like four stuff, like trying to open uh, the garage and everything. He goes up to the Volkswagen and it like opens up and everything. It's, it's a good one. It's a, it, it's a mom commercial, but it's just a solid, memorable Super Bowl commercial. It's one that always sticks out to me. Cool. Probably because Star Wars. Uh, quick sidebar here for those of you that actually care about real reviews of these commercials every year. Uh, University of South Carolina marketing class does a, they do like a Emmy awards for the, for the Super Bowl commercials. They like watch them together. That's like part of the class. So if you want a real uh, review of these, that's where you need to go. We're just a lot, of, a lot of education happening in Columbia, boy, a lot of education, a lot of learning <laughs> elite university of the state. Hey, Number- we're going to watch, we're going to watch TV today. We watch commercials, see how things go. Yeah, it goes. <laughs> like I told you, I had an entire history class where we watched movies and analyzed the movies. It was awesome. Number six for Mathis is Adam's number four, the Betty White, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Snickers. The Snickers, man. The Snickers ad campaign. Did that really make, I feel like that made, like that really put her back in the public consciousness. Like, here's what I'm Betty White doesn't go away. 
Yeah, like, like, but I feel like that put her like, like people knew who she was and she'd been in things. But I feel like that when you saw it for her, she gets absolutely annihilated on a dig route coming across the middle. Yes. Um, like I feel like that kind of put her like, oh, this we're gonna we're gonna laugh at the Betty White is like indestructible, and like she is the definition of what you expect as a person that age. I think it opened Betty White up, uh, up to some new fans, some non Golden Girls people. Oh yeah, and believe it, believe it, I'm saying now, people who have never watched anything she's been in, like they have a, like it's like she's like a national treasure, man. Like if somebody dies, everybody's like check on Betty White because they come in threes, make sure nothing <laughs> happens to her. Everybody's like, is Betty White okay? And she, what did she turn? Ninety nine this year. Ninety nine. Wow, she's ninety nine. She better make a hundred. She needs a century mark. Protect her from the Rona. You know oh, what? It'll, like, it'll be like Princess Diana when she goes. Like, don't get it twisted. She's gonna get the horse drawn carriage. Like, it's gonna be a big thing. She's America's old lady. Yeah, yeah. Cloris yeah. Leachman, who is hilarious, died this week, and nobody cared. How about I did not realize Cloris Leachman was on Mary was in Mary Tyler Moore like and I loved that show when I was a kid because I'm weird, but like Mary I didn't realize that was her. I feel like Pretty Cloris Leachman, she, she's been old since like ever. She was old in Young Frankenstein in the seventies. <laughs> I forgot she I forgot she was in Young, and she's the grandmother in Beer Fest. She's Gambia. Yeah, she, oh that, that wow! First of all. When she says, I sleep better with a little sausage in me, that might be the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. Yep, and yeah. she's the grandma and Malcolm in the Middle, too. See, I'm not a Malcolm in the Middle fan, but, like, beer, she's great in Beer Fest, no doubt. Imagine Mathis as a child dreaming that he's on the streets of Minneapolis throwing a, a fedora in the air. I can, turn the world on. I can turn the world on with my smile. I, I just like to imagine him being just a gigantic child sing, sitting cross-legged in front of the TV singing the theme song. <laughs> Let me tell you something. But my house being Nicky Knight was the world up with her smile. Don't like you after all the fact that you know the words, Jason you really excited to be able because I think we could talk about this when you're not trying to be cool, but it's okay. I'm an upper middle class um, white person. I love Mary Tyler Moore show. Mathis Bro. also loves Mork and Mindy. I did love more for a Morgan <laughs> Mindy. Robin Williams is a genius. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Like, granted, he was coked up at the time, but like, it was amazing. That's but, when he's at his best. Yeah, I remember like Nick Nick at night was a real thing at my house, man. That was something like we Same all enjoyed here. together. Dick Van Dyke, great. I mean, all those people are all. There's a reason those shows are classics. Damn it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We got to move on now to number three for Adam. The Clydesdale, specifically when the donkey wants to be a Clydesdale for Budweiser. I remember that. Exactly. Yes. It's not a funny one, but it sticks out to you. Yep. All the Clydesdales commercials are good. Like, that's one you look forward to every year. You know there's going to be one, and it's going to be good. Well, I like the one where they, where they kick off, where the Clydesdales kick off. Yes, cool. and the Zebras the ref. Mm-hmm. Well, good advertising, if you notice, a lot of the good commercials – most commercials are just like this uninterrupted chain of sound and noise. Really good commercials use like loud and quiet and silence really well to stick out because a lot of people aren't paying attention. And so when you see the donkey and the Clydesdale one, it really sticks out because it's mostly music overwhelmingly, like soft, like classical music. And that's the kind of thing you learn at Camp Carolina for four years. $60,000 will buy you that kind of information, right? No, you learn that learning about the Nazis and how they brainwashed people at Camp Carolina. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Number three I'm for sorry me. Sorry we didn't have those, you know, Newberry didn't have those classes. Y'all were too busy, you know, 
taking Soul Patch 101. <laughs> First of all, you, you got to be careful when you look at my degree. You might rub the crayon off. Some of my some of my closest friends are fine alums of Newberry College, so I will not disparage Newberry College. Number three, <laughs> even though all of you have CTE now, <laughs> we didn't need those brain cells. They'll this be all right. Future state superintendent and governor here. Number three for Mathis is number two for Adam Terry Tate, office linebacker. Oh, so good, dude. Terry Tate when that when he's like. Fill up the. He's like, you gotta fill up the the coffee pot, Bill. I was like, oh my god, so great. Oh, just him chasing people through the halls is hilarious. Yes, all it's so day, funny. all day. God. <laughs> oh, he's talking. Like, first of all, have you seen the unedited ones where he's cursing? It's even yes. Better. It's I, so watch all I need to see those. Oh man, and he's when he's talking like our, our, produ- our production's gotten way up. No wasted paper clips. This was so good, man. <laughs> oh, and when he hit, hey, when he hits his knee in the ACL, oh, like he bumps into the mail cart and hits. Yes. It like he just got. Oh, guys, so good. He hits and he rolls up. Oh man, he gets had to get carted off. Carted off. It's <laughs> he comes back wearing a knee brace. It's so good. It's so awesome. Because it also brings to mind what you're really watching. Like, let's be real. Football is basically you're watching people destroy their bodies for your entertainment, and That's so awesome. like. It, 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 it's making fun of the fact that we are all doing that at the time. It's so good. That's awesome. What a, well, what a great analysis of Terry Tate. <laughs> <laughs> did it did it launch the career of that actor? I've who never seen that? anything else. Oh man, I keep thinking it's the guy who um uh it's not Terry Cruz. Cruz yeah, I keep right. wow. It is not Terry Cruz. You may think it's, it is not Terry Cruz. Is this the second straight week someone has accused someone else of being racist on the podcast? Wow. <laughs> Who says somebody's racist? I thought you called me racist a week ago. I did he call does. you racist a week ago, but I didn't call you racist just now. No, he called me one uh, because I thought it was Terry Crews. I said it's oh. been the second straight week. Not only are we not reading well anymore, we're not listening well. Uh, we're, we're devolving. It's terrible. How about number two for Mathis? Apple, 1984. Oh, I hate that one. What? It is. Yeah. One, it's like considered one of the greatest commercials of all time. No. Oh, uh, it's because you don't. Because you don't Because you you don't realize the lizard people are like showing you. No, you're it's listening to the it's a lizard media. ploy, you fool. <laughs> it's Adam, really great, Adam Joe Mansion. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I mean the, the idea like that you're gonna like break the whole the. Again, and everybody realized the fact that it was well known enough that that was what it was about. Like the whole 1984, you know, Big Brother, that whole thing, and they break up, they break through the wall with the new with the Macintosh. Like it's, and it and it really relaunched Apple too. Like I mean, it was a huge deal for Apple. So it was, I mean, it's and you can't say it's not influential. What year did it come out? That commercial, 84. Was it? Was it four? Was it? They came out during 84. I Uh, think that's why they did it because it came out in 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 84 Super Bowl, January 22nd, 1984. That was a good and day. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure that led direct, like, at least to the biopics I've watched. Like, that's right about the time Jobs had no, that they kicked Jobs out of Apple. Like, after that, like, they got rid of him after that ad campaign. Cause, like, that Are was you a big Mad Men fan? Am I a Mad Men fan? <laughs> yeah. 
I actually am a Mad Men fan. What's wrong with that? I love Mad I Men. love Mad Men, but I'm just saying you seem really interested in advertising, and we've never talked about it before. Oh no, I just I think the entertainment industry is interesting in general. I think how things get how creative people do things makes is interest me. I'm a, I'm work? a failed I'm, I'm a failed artist of a, in a former life. Can you believe oh, that Camel, Camel had Smoke and Joe? <laughs> like, come on, Mathis. All right. We got a sidebar about this one. Can we talk about Joe Camel for two seconds? <laughs> I used to love Joe Camel. I thought it was that. Of course you did. He was a cartoon camel designed to sell cigarettes to you. <laughs> he was awesome. Joe Camel was awesome. You know what? We need to really bring that back. If you're listening, big tobacco industry, I say bring the cartoon <laughs> back. Joe Camel. Joe Camel was also great on the Jimmy Spencer number 23 NASCAR. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, every kid I knew that started smoking didn't start smoking because of Joe Camel. They started smoking because <laughs> your but they, they started smoking because your buddies were smoking and thought it was a great idea. Yeah, like, you, you started smoking because your parents weren't attentive and they didn't care, so you just went for it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I read, I, read a lot, I, I read a lot of Sports Illustrated, and I never once smoked Newports because I saw, like, people, like, they were having a good time on a sailboat smoking them. Like, it never happened. Like, Virginia Slims? Yeah, the Virginia Slim ads. I, were like, I will Ooh. say this. If I had seen any of those Ken Stabler cigarette ads when I was a boy, I probably would have picked it up early. <laughs> Like, hey, children, when you're listening, there used to be these things called magazines. They used to be something you could hold in your hand and read. Um, there used to be one came out called Sports Illustrated. It came out every week. And basically, it was nothing but sports stories, a Rick Raleigh column, and just loads and loads of cigarette ads. So and faces in the crowd. Oh, hey, you know what's funny? Timberland uh, alum, Kalina Green, made faces in the crowd. It was when I was in high school. It was really cool because nice. she was a – because she was a great athlete, and I was not, and I could just like piggyback on her fame. Faces in the crowd was fantastic. I was publishing a magazine once, and I realized no one reads them, so I was disappointed. <laughs> it's like this is all I could do. It was a medical journal, and they were astounded you were still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you win the day, sir. You win the day. <laughs> Number one for Mathis. Like, seen this disease in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> We didn't even know men could get this. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Number one for Mathis is an excellent commercial, and I forgot about it, and it still plays today. Bird and Jordan, nothing but net. That is a good one. I that was Dude, my notion from mine. How many times have how many times have you played like horse or something and been like nothing but net like is that like and you got that from that commercial like that whole I don't like, perception so I don't play a lot of horse. <laughs> sidebar, I, sidebar. I would, Adam I and I, met, Adam so and I were young coaches at a at a school once, and they did a coaches versus kids free throw shooting contest. Oh, this was good. And it was Adam Cern, and everybody stopped to watch him. <laughs> do the worst display of free throw shooting I've ever Dog, seen I in my shoot. life. I literally don't have depth perception. People were rolling on the ground, dying. Of like laughing. people, it was so bad. People were like, "Is he being silly?" And I was like, "No, nope, <laughs> I can't tell how far I am." From Everyone me. thought you were faking it. Who would have thought an overweight, bearded, white, private school educated man would be bad at basketball? <laughs> who would have imagined? Who would have thought a dude that play, went to National Latin Convention in the sixth grade and was number three in the United States in Greek and Roman history could not just rain buckets down? Who would have thought, right? 
I mean, I always thought you'd have been like had a video game in nephew by now. It really <laughs> it was, now. I know it does seem like something I would be like Rain Man good at, but it is not. <laughs> anyway, back say, to the, he was back, not nothing but net. Anyway, that's the commercial. At the the best part of that to me is when they're at the end when they're standing like again. I always like things that kind of have a twisted end when they're standing on top of another building. It's like off the street sign, off the stoplight. You know, they got nothing but net. I think that's so cool. And, and the, what's funny is, and this is the part that makes that commercial interesting is, you quest obviously not throw it, but like the shots they're making in that commercial. You think they might could actually do it because that's how good those dudes were. I believe they could. Well, not only that, get on the internet now. Everybody's making those shots. Dude Perfect started it, and here we go. Dude Perfect is what happens when young life guys grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Do y'all have have F3 down there? Yeah, Yeah, we do. I'm not gonna deeply disparage F3, but the dude, perfect guys are F3 guys. <laughs> if you have if you have electric guitars and a major projector at your church, you know a guy who's been in Dude Perfect. Just putting that out there. Oh, if I walk into a church and they have an electric guitar, I'm walking right back out. <sighs> if I have to watch your preacher, if I have to watch your preacher, if I gotta watch your preacher on a screen, I refuse to go. That, that's for the tie cast. We'll save that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a diff- different podcast, guys. Move on. <laughs> number one for Adam is number four for Mathis, and it might be the greatest commercial ever, not just Super Bowl commercial. Mean Joe Green, Hey Kid Catch. Yeah, it's a good one. It's the iconic Super Bowl commercial. It has an athlete. It's the most American product there is with Coke. Mm-hmm. It's uplifting. It's nice. People always remember it. It stood out forever. I think there was like a TV show made off of it. I did not know that. I uh, swear I read something about that. This is this is the commercial I was talking about. It became meta because then Troy Palomalu did one when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl 40 years later or whatever it was. Ah, uh, yes, the Steelers. Oh, yeah. There's no let's – not, let's not go one day without mentioning them. That's okay. <laughs> Neil O'Donnell. Throwing away, you know, throwing away the game. Independence Day commercial. That was the best part of that day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love the Mean Joe Green. I, again, because his name is Mean Joe. Like, that – like, it's already built in the kind of what's taking place. Like, it's already there. And then – and, again, it's one of the ones that makes you feel, makes you feel good because Mean Joe throws the kid the jersey. It's – but it was funny. When you watch it now, is there a reason that every show in the 70s was – everything in the 70s was blurry like were people blurry and like we didn't no, know they were <laughs> while they were holding have people become in high definition now like because i'm telling you like i can't imagine going through a work it's amazing when you how far tech television technology has come because if i had to watch tv like the 70s i would eat a bullet no question there's no doubt about it well like, you, you just know you wouldn't because you would have no point of reference for what hd was oh Listen, do you you ain't telling me because my wife's been watching Dallas lately, and I'm here to tell you it still doesn't. They haven't cleaned it up, and it really like it looks like a Nintendo game is what it really looks like. like Dude, go watch an episode of Married with Children. You're gonna be like, my eyes hurt. Yeah. And why is everything dark? Did they not know what light was before 2000? Like, I'm confused. You know, it's crazy. They probably had that place lit up like the Fourth of July, and that was still <laughs> the best they could do. 
It's like watching an episode of Dark Shadows. I'm waiting for like a vampire to pop out. Great movie. We said it before. I'll say it again. I like that movie. Oh, is that a Tim Burton movie? Yeah, Tim Burton, (laughs) Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch Nightmare Before Christmas over the Christmas break? What do you think? Uh, You suck. Let's wrap this up. Most notable omission, I'll say it's the Independence Day commercial from 1996. The Number one for Mathis is the Jordan and Bird nothing but net commercial. Adam's number one is Mean Joe Green Hey Kid Catch Coke commercial. Super Bowl predictions, guys. Adam, you're up first. Chiefs, Bucks, who you got? And a, and a score. And a score. Oh, hell, I don't know. Let's go 35 to 28. Chiefs? You you bum, man. That was definitely – I was going to go that too. I'm going to say – Chiefs 34 to 28. <laughs> yeah, I was saying I that. I'm going Chiefs. I'll, okay, I'll say Chiefs 42-24. Yeah, I'm gonna go. High, I'm gonna go high scoring. I think they're gonna lose. I think the Bucks lose by 14. I think that I, Patrick Mahomes is like amazing. I do want to say this though. Tom Brady and, we, and y'all have the story. This Tom Brady won his first Super Bowls in the tenth grade. I have been in five houses had seven different jobs and been at like eight different schools. And I'm telling you now, man, like he's still being, he's still in the Super Bowl. Like that's amazing. His run is unbelievable. And I just can't, I can't believe that we're still watching that dude play football. It's amazing to me. It's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, we got to say it. It's the most impressive run ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he, and, and people are going to try to say, well, look at the talent around him, dude. I don't care. Like, he's supposed to be, like, on a beach kicking it, drinking a Mata somewhere. That he's talent, won, that talent, ta- that talent all, won seven games last year. And also, the talent around him is a crock. Because the first three Super Bowls that he had, they were not blessed with offensive talent. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, but just like this year, like, oh, they're carrying him. Dude, say what you want to, like. They, yeah, he's getting it done. And I mean, that at, team won seven games last year. The only thing they changed was him. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I like what the someone I think it was the uh, the Bucks quarterback coach was on. Um, oh, Pat McAfee, and he was talking about like what the difference between the beginning of the year was and the end of the year was. He goes, at the beginning of the year, you know, a lot of it is quarterbacks, you know, all out blitz. Everybody's walked up zero. They're going to check into something. You know, Tom wanted one thing and we wanted another. You know, we saw it a different way. And midway through the year, we were like, all right, Tom, let's do it your way. And look what happened from there. Like, I got I got Chiefs 27-17. Chiefs 27-17? You know what's going to piss us all off? When it's Bucks 17-7. to <laughs> <laughs> I just – I just – I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes not having five scoring drives – but I also can't imagine them being five touchdowns because they're out there two starting offensive tackles and the Bucks pass rush looks good right now, but they're down a couple starting DBs. And, but I can't also imagine Tom Brady not having three scoring drives. So uh, I'll be real with you. Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball from anywhere. Like it's a mate. Like it's the, the angles hit ball, the ball. And I'm saying the chiefs also look faster than everybody else. They are. They are. Talk about like, this. Yeah, they're just they they just like when they get a ball, it's like, oh my god, they're all like just they're all running by people. Like it's you know amazing. who they look like? They look like Florida in the mid two thousands when everyone's like, Oh, SEC speed. That's what they look like right now. 
Yeah. Yep. When they were just they like, look like they look like Southern Cal and NCAA football when you used to could not play with them because they were it was unfair when they had Leonard and Bush and you could oh the O five version when Bush literally just glowed and you could do no wrong. <laughs> he was like a Mario yeah. Kart when you got a star. Yeah, yeah but he had exactly. a whole game. All right, next episode we'll record next week after the Super Bowl, and you can tell us how wrong we were about our Super Bowl predictions. Warzone update. Warzone update. We, well, we've had some movement. Um, I am, of course, still leading at 14. Sean is at eight, and the Colonel has three Ws because he is out. He's done the survivor mode. He just outlasts us till we get booted. Hey, they don't ask you how you got it done. They ask you who won. That's true. That <laughs> exactly right. Good. No one cares who you play. They just care if you win. That's right. Schedule academic. <laughs> yes, sir. Eh, or they just be in your region. Contact us at perlopodcast at gmail.com or at perlo underscore podcast on Twitter. We appreciate you uh, tuning in this week to the Perlo Podcast. Top 10 list in the South Carolina low country. We were doing so well and my internet went out. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. We'll see you later. Take her easy. Yes, sir.